For today, our segment with Street Roots is Emily Green, the managing editor at Street Roots. Street Roots is a weekly nonprofit newspaper focusing on housing and social justice. Today, we're going to talk about the paper's endorsements for the 2020 election. Emily, good morning. Good morning, Julia. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're really excited to be doing this with Street Roots every week. Um, I heard you guys just put out your endorsements. We did. This is always a really popular issue. We've got vendors hitting the streets all over town today with a new edition of the paper, and it is our election issue. Um, as a 501c3, we can't endorse candidates, but we do put out endorsements for ballot measures that are relevant to our areas of new co- news coverage. And we've, we've also got some pretty good interviews with um, Portland City Council and mayoral candidates that really dive deeply into the housing crisis and um, homelessness in our city and what they will do to tackle that because that's going to be at the forefront especially following uh, the pandemic and the imminent eviction uh, cliff that we're facing. Yeah, do you anticipate um, mass evictions on January 1st? Um, We do. Uh, It's likely the moratoria will get extended, um, but whenever they do finally lift the moratoriums on uh, rent that we're seeing statewide and, you know, in the county and city. Uh, We are expecting mass eviction because a lot of people haven't been paying rent. They probably aren't able to save up (laughs) to pay all the rent that's going to be due. Mm -hmm. And we're already seeing that evictions are happening a lot. Landlords are just relying more on contractual um, mechanisms for evicting people such as noise ordinance and things like that um, as opposed gotcha. to non-payment of rent but it happens to be people that aren't paying rent uh-huh so there I, I'm not as familiar but the moratorium is only on people not paying rent it's not for other reasons that, um, it is, is you can't evict someone for demolition or anything like that right now but it's mainly to protect people who aren't able to pay rent because they've been impacted by the coronavirus pandemic sure um Do you notice, because I feel like I notice more and more, every time I drive around Portland, I notice more and more tent cities popping up. Is there um, like less regulation on that or just, I know there's no evictions. I think there was there also something about no, um, no moving of tent cities. Yeah, um, that's funny. Ted Wheeler mentioned in his interview with us, too, that he's noticed a real increase in the number of people on the streets, especially women. But the city has really slowed down on sweeps and camp cleanups. Uh, They they haven't stopped entirely, but the idea is that continuing to shuffle people around um, will just help the virus spread. So they've they've definitely um, lightened up on that quite a bit. So is that a good thing, in your opinion? Um, you don't have to ma- answer that if you don't want to. Oh, no, that's all right. I think, you know, what we've seen at Street Roots is that for some people, being able to have one place to live as opposed to being shuffled around continuously has allowed them to um, have a little more stability and focus on things other than, you know, where am I going to sleep tonight? Mm-hmm. How am I going to get across town to pick up my items um, and things of that nature? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so let's talk about some of these measures. Let's talk about Measure 110, the drug decrim- decriminalization measure. Yeah, so this uh, measure would move all small amount, uh, possession of small amounts of drugs from a misdemeanor to a Class E violation. 
Um, and rather than being arrested and prosecuted and potentially jailed, um, a person would be faced with either paying a $100 fine or, in lieu of that fine, taking a health assessment at an addiction recovery center. Um, this uh, measure would fund more beds for uh, inpatient uh, drug and alcohol treatment with the creation of a grant program, and it would create a bunch of addiction recovery centers. And it would pay for all this uh, with taking cannabis taxes over $45 million and diverting it into this program. Um, this bill does have a few flaws. Um, some of that money that would be going to pay for it was would otherwise be going to already underfunded mental health um, treatment programs and schools, you know, two things we don't really like to see money taken away mm -hmm. from. And, um, you know, some vocal opponents are people in recovery who say if it weren't for the criminal justice system forcing them into treatment, they never would have gone. But we are um, endorsing this measure. We say vote yes, uh, because we just fundamentally disagree that punishing people into treatment is the best way to help people who are dealing with substance use disorder, which is a health issue, not a criminal issue. Um, and we desperately need more treatment beds in the state. I mean, we ranked 48th out of 50 states um, for the number of people who need treatment but are not receiving it, wow. according to recent, you know, data. That's a striking um, number. Yeah. You know, and two states I will say, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, was just gonna, I was just emphasizing, there's only two states worse at this than we are, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, and we do, we do, we don't really see that this measure achieves the goal of necessarily completely helping people avoid the stigma and consequence of a criminal record, um, which we know at Street Roots firsthand, you know, can be a terrible thing. It, it limits your employment opportunities, your housing opportunities. Um, and the reason I say that is just because a violation still goes on your public record. Um, while most landlords and employers are only looking at criminal records there's nothing to stop them from requesting this information you know mm. should drug possession become a, vi a civil violation instead but all that being said you know this is a step in the right direction we need to take it now and we think that opportunities in the future will arise to fix some of the issues that may emerge um yeah. uh-huh baby steps Exactly. What uh, What's your guys's position on Measure One Hundred Nine, the psilocybin therapy measure? We We are saying uh, vote yes on this one. Um, psilocybin is the uh, active ingredient, if you will, in uh, magic mushrooms or psychedelic mushrooms, um, and this bill would make it uh, legal for people to take uh, doses of psilocybin in controlled medical settings with a medical professional. Um, program would be overseen by the Oregon Health Authority, and it would have two years to design and implement the program. This doesn't mean, you know, the day after the measure passes. If it does, you can go out and, you know, get mushroom therapy. But studies have shown um, that this can be a helpful treatment uh, in PTSD and depression. I've, I've seen that some other editorial boards have, um, including the Oregonian, are saying vote no because um, we're not completely through all the trials with the FDA at this point. But this is not a new idea. Um, indigenous cultures have used this therapy for hundreds of years. I mean, you can go to Oaxaca right now and partake 
in a mushroom retreat where you can uh, go through a ceremony-focused mushroom experience um, at different centers down there. And, you know, both PTSD and depression can be really debilitating uh, mental illnesses. And if there's a drug like this, one that's non-habit-forming and relatively low risk, and it helps people manage their illnesses, uh, we believe they should have access to it. So does this measure, it doesn't just legalize mushrooms, like you can't just go out on the street and buy mushrooms now, right? Or if it passes? <laughs> no, no. Um, it would only, You'd have to get it prescribed from your doctor and actually take it in a medical setting through kind of a guided therapy. Um, and some of uh, these sessions are actually already taking place uh, underground here in Oregon. Uh, our reporter, Christian McCurdy, interviewed a medical professional that's been taking people on these guided sessions and one of her patients who found it really psychologically helpful and it pretty much uh, his experience was going out to her cabin in the woods putting on some headphones listening to music and uh, she kind of talked him through some of his feelings um, and it's, it's a relatively you know low dose of the drug that people are uh -huh. taking is that is that article in this is in this issue or a, pre, or a previous issue? Uh, that was a previous issue. That okay. was in our September 30th issue, but you can read it online cool. at streetroots.org. Would this measure um, have any effect on the aggressive prosecution of drugs in our in our community? Does it address well, prosecution of I drug related? No, I mean, this is mainly just for medical settings, although, you know, if Measure 110 passes, then personal use possession of mushrooms is included in that, and people would no longer be prosecuted for that. But, you know, it, as you recall, I'm sure, with marijuana, first, you know, it was legalized for med medicinal use, and then later recreational use, and honestly, um, with magic mushrooms, you know, it's non-habit forming, low risk. People have already, you know, been taking these pretty um, widely in the Pacific Northwest at concerts and music festivals. <laughs> um, we just don't think prosecuting for uh, using mushrooms is a good use of resources. So if this is a stepping stone toward, you know, legalization for recreational use, you know, we're all for that. Uh-huh. Switching gears a little bit, let's talk about preschool for all. That's been a, a hot topic in this upcoming election, Measure 20-214. Yeah, so this is a Multnomah County uh, measure, and it would create free preschool for all three- and four-year-olds in the county by placing a 1.5% um, tax on people making 125000 or more per year or a, a couple making 200000 or more per year. And we actually uh, started looking into preschool as we were in, uh, investigating different ways that we could prevent the next generation of homelessness. And preschool emerged uh, pretty quickly as a solution. Uh, Head Start, which is uh, you know, the subsidized after-school program or and preschool program that is available to some people who, benef uh, who qualify, has been really well studied. And what they've seen is that um, toddlers who are at the most risk benefit the most. Uh, being in preschool can actually change their life trajectories. Wow. Um, and it is a benefit to all kids, really. I, fact, I, I, go, go ahead. ahead. Please continue. 
Um, I spoke to Suzanne Cohen, who is president of the Portland Association of Teachers, uh, back when I was looking at this, and she said that kindergarten teachers actually uh, cried when they heard about this measure coming on the ballot just because they can see such a big difference in the kids coming into their classrooms that have had preschool uh, as compared with kids who don't. Wow. It just, even from that early stage, um, sets kids up for just a much better um, pathway. And this bill, you know, it, it really kind of has it all. It really tackles all the issues that we have um, with preschool in in our county. Uh, for one, I mean, you hear about people who save up for their kids' college funds. Well, child care, not even preschool, just child care for a toddler in Multnomah County costs twice as much as tuition at Oregon State Universities. It's just, you know, absolutely outrageous. Wow. That's another and at the number same you time, you, you know, you've got parents paying over $1,000 a month for tuition and then the workers aren't even getting living wages. And this measure, um, it, it would make it free and it would make sure that preschool teachers are paid on par with kindergarten teachers and even their assistants would get a living wage. Wow. I was thinking at it more from the perspective of how nice it probably would be for parents to have free access to preschool. And you brought up the, the how beneficial it is for children. So that's a whole, you know, it seems like a win-win-win. Win. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're definitely urging a yes vote on this measure. Cool. Well, Emily Green, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, how can people get a copy of this week's newspaper? Uh, find your neighborhood vendor. They're out and about all over town all week. Um, this week in our paper, we featured uh, vendor Amelia Lake. She sells at the Starbucks on Northwest 11th and Cooch Street. Um, you can also sign up for our newsletter newsletter um, at streetroots.org, and we often um, tell people about different sales locations. Awesome. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. All right. Thank you so much, Julia. Take care. You too. Have a great day.